imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he's expecting to wake up. Welcome everyone to Team Rabbit Edition 271 once again with Colin Smith. It is the hive mind invasion of civilization. Welcome and well met. All right, all right. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been Good a hot see. fucking minute. Yeah, at I'm least. glad you're alive and kicking. Um, we'll get caught up in everything, but you know how we kind of roll here. 271 is going to reduce down to... 10, sorry for all these noises. Uh, reduced down to 10, which is 1, essentially. And that would be the Starman, which is actually the cover of this deck. Uh, the Starman is says, I will blow your mind. The Starman is the alchemist. It's about manifesting your reality. Ideas are communicated and brought into the physical world with ease. You have everything you need to create the world you desire. Reconfigure yourself and Oh, Jim, you somehow muted yourself just in the last five seconds. I'm not sure what you did, Jim. Can you try talking again? You went dark. I know. I just no, I don't know don't. what happened because uh, it, it didn't do the intro, but now it was trying to do the intro. So I, I, the internet here is just not awesome for that. So did you hear the other card or no? Yeah, yeah. We heard the, everything except the, the last star man. How? How poignant, because that's actually a part of this chapter of my book is about the gets into the geometry of the star man and as well as the symbolism of uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, the star child, the star man, the geometry of the human being, this essentially the metaphorical star man, but as well as the theme in sci-fi of the star man, the man transcending earthly endeavors and ascending to the heavens essentially apotheosis of human of humankind becoming the the uh, transcending this reality and becoming multi-dimensional pure star beings again for any I'm sure people familiar with Arthur C Clarke's 2001 Space Odyssey knows about the firstborn the the whole themes I mean it's just to help how uh synchronistic yeah you're not not even surprised uh, i don't know if you've seen neon evangelion uh the anime but there's kind of cabalistic apotheosis in that 2001 a space odyssey does really good fourth wall kind of breakage where it's like holy shit you know as within so without kind of thing um rafael what uh, before we start jumping too hard on things did you pull a card or no oh that's one of the tricky ones but it's a good one this is uh the queen of swords uh, the one, the one symbolism that always comes to mind is, I believe, there is a Van Gogh tarot or 
I'm completely making this up now, no. Dali tarot or something along those lines. And what you have for this card is like a flame and a moth going around the flame. Queen of Swords, 52, 7. It's funny because the moon is in Virgo. It's a full moon tomorrow night, basically, in Virgo. Um, probably mid-afternoon for you, Rafael. I think evening for us or early morning, something. I don't, I don't remember the exact time. But Virgo is the Queen of Swords. So I think we're going to be getting down to the nitty-gritty, talking about a whole lot of interesting deets. Um, I mean, the, one of the reasons we ever got you on the podcast, Colin, is because of that kind of shit you're pulling out of that book. It's because I was like, bro, you're, you're always bringing in the symbology and the heavy, uh, the heavy esoterica, but making it relatively digestible. Uh, you don't have to be a fucking 33 degree Mason to get this shit. Uh, spoiler, we've had a master Mason on the podcast and what you're doing and what we're talking about is basically what they're all about anyway. Uh, so um, oh, yeah. we'll get into the book. Uh, but let's pull back a second. It's been almost, I think, two years possibly since you've been on. It's been a while. Um, yeah, I think it's been before. It was before COVID, I believe. Or maybe it was right after, at the beginning of. I think it was right maybe. at the beginning because you were on the Human Zoo episode with a few people. And we were just talking about like where I think it's going to go. And it was kind of a uh, hodgepodge of ideas and stuff. And um, I didn't get enough of your opinions on that. It was like Steve Wilner and Corey Kaplan and a few other people maybe. But uh, it's been a while. I mean, that was like March 2020, like maybe May or something like that. But um, yeah, let fill us in on what you've been up to for the past two years and we'll get eventually into your publication. Um, well, during that time, obviously, I ended up uh, publishing the book. I Basically, it started out as one of my really long, like 150 page plus sync articles that was basically just like you know started off a couple pages and then more and more you know syncs start happening in reality and everything so as as always i go you know my work is progressing constantly because there's just new things that fit pieces that fit into the puzzle so i just keep accumulating and keep accumulating and then eventually i don't know what Oh, what it was, was it was the the Disney Plus series WandaVision came out. And when WandaVision came out, um, I haven't the show sucked. Direct. You can spoil it all you it, want. Uh, yeah, but it, it sucked. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but like as far as like, you know, entertainment quality goes, like the show itself sucked. But there was, in fact, I mean, it, it's, it's like there, obviously there wasn't, the story was terrible and all of that sucked. The only reason in my opinion, why the show even existed was to produce the heavy, heavy esoteric occult symbolism in it. That's all it was. Like there was like, you know, there's really good, you know, uh, pop culture analysis channels out there that I am a big fan of nerd Roddick, uh, the critical drinker, um, uh, heel versus baby face and you know geeks and gamers all these channels that i i really like a lot i support them um they do pop culture analysis but they mostly do you know just comic books you know they're big comic book uh i'm gonna have to hit those guys up to get on the show uh but before we oh they're uh, great give me a little i mean i've watched all the marvel movies in 2020 actually like all 28 of them or whatever it was uh in sequence which was kind of it took a month. I did it during Leo season. I was like, I gotta be a hero. Yeah, let's do this. And I was like, I'll try to get all the fucking downloads I can. But I didn't give a fuck about that thing. But tell us how it was esoteric. I mean, you don't have to give us play by play, but like what was it what were some of the main themes that were it was hitting on that you saw as resonant? The whole so that's that's what got me to like 
that's what got me to revisit this whole um, hive mind invasion of civilization article that I wrote. And I mean, it was mostly about um, cubic symbolism, cubic, um, the cubic wave fields of space and time, essentially. And the reason why it, this relates to hive mind invasion of civilization, because it ties in all the themes of, so you get the cubic symbolism. That's obviously the honeycomb. That's the, that's the geometry of, obviously the hexagonal ge uh, geometry of what bees you know build in other words the bees. so this ties heavily into the ancient esoteric traditions of freemasonry freemasonry evolves around the, essentially sort of like a reverence for the for the bee colony for the colony the hive it, it, because of their immense skill in constructing the sacred geometrical universal structure uh, they basically just pulled they're they're essentially they're they're a hive mind they're drones and the way they build their hive structures their honeycomb structures essentially they're just making the energetic structure of space and time and they're just building on that that's what the they're honeycomb showing structure is on the smaller level i know showing, yeah. and that's how they're making the wax combs and the honey i mean basically the sweet honey is their barf or whatever, yep. but I, I'm yep. vegan, but I still do honey. I love honey. Uh, as long as yeah, they're like, you know, of, ethically helped, it's like, I don't care. Yeah, a lot like, of people, a lot of people do, a lot of people do honey as well. I mean, especially the Manuka honey and they're like, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's super healthy and healing and all that. that, all, that tr the truth is that's actually all a huge myth. It's actually not healthy whatsoever. It's they're the only healthy sweeteners that are out there is, um, it is actually date sugar. Cause it's literally nothing but just ground up powdered whole dates you know you just take whole dates ground them up and that's actually a real deal it's a whole food so that's why it's healthy the only other one is blackstrap molasses um so those are the only two healthy sweeteners everything else is literally just empty calories um uh honey is actually less healthy because it's it's again it's bee vomit so it's it's still animal protein you know and it, again animal proteins are actually carcinogenic um, but that's the very last last couple pages the last chapter is hive keeping the symbol of slavery regarding why um the why the bee colonies and why it's the hive mind is essentially hive keeping is um essentially the archetype of slavery the beekeeper is the slave master the ultimate slave master essentially this is why the freemasons you know revolve around the hive keeping because the hive keeper is essentially uh like you know it's like an allegory for god you know the, the, like we are the the bees in the colony and god you know is the hive keeper you know essentially but not only that literally beekeeping is actually actual slavery i mean it's it, 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 horribly exploitative uh, for the bees but i'm I'm not one of these i'm like oh my god the bees but, they got to do something with their time i guess um so i'm curious um what your thoughts are in terms of honey v is honey vegan uh like i said that's one point well we can yeah. get into the health stuff in a second but i'm curious what your yeah perspective that's aside is from the point colonization uh i know bees are integral to our whole food supply chain um yeah. so yes Absolutely. there may be a model of hive minded control and stuff but they seem to be critical to our functional being here as animal people things or whatever you know well, the essentially all 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 of life and biology on earth i mean the pollinators are the ones that they're the intermediary that make all of plant life which essentially all of the food chain you know the whole ecology revolves 
you know, is dependent on the pollinators. So not just the bees, but, you know, there's other like wasps or some somewhat pollinators as well. Um, but yes. Yeah, so so WandaVision was hitting hard on the beehive cubic. Uh, not symbolic. necessarily on the bee. There was one key scene that literally had no significance to the plot or to the story, but yet it was very prominent scene and I've I've got it on one of the pages here. Let's see on which page. I'm not sure which page, but it showed there was a symbolically there was a beekeeper that went into so the whole plot of the show was all about nothing but hexagonal geometry. Hexagonal cubic wave fields, plasma physics, essentially just nothing but sacred geometry. And the the reason why is because the Scarlet character, Scarlet Witch herself, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch essentially, you know, one of her main powers derives from uh, from chaos magic. She is literally, she's what's considered a nexus being in the Marvel, uh, in the Marvel universe, in which are essentially they're a cu- a few of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe. There's only a couple nexus beings. Um, so one of them being her, the other is Kang the Conqueror. I don't really, I don't know much about comic book lore, um, except I've dive, dived into this because it's relevant to like all this heavy esoterica. And as we know, like a lot of the comic book writers and like the really good ones were extremely heavy into occultism and esoterica. And that's why they're, you know, really good. If they're really good storytellers, um, you know, that's why they are is because, you know, they pay a lot of of attention and respect for ancient mythology, um, ancient esoterica and occultism, which is what makes the stories interesting, but also somewhat, you know, pretty reliant on actual real world physics and things like that, which makes the story compelling. Like the ones that don't have any of that, they're just, like the modern, you know, SJW type shit. It's garbage. Like it's just garbage, nothing but identity politics and, you know, what your sexuality is and what your gender is. Nobody gives a shit about any of that. Nobody cares about that stuff. But, um, so yeah, the whole show, like that's, that's what started, what kicked off. Like I had to go back. I was like, Oh my God. Like it was so, it was that mind blowing moment. Like I saw the, first couple episodes and the symbolism throughout the show and it was just like oh my god I, so i immediately pulled up my article and it was just it turned into like this whole turned into a book like out of nowhere just because of how deeply symbolic it, it was and i again it even tied it it was i already had this thing written and then the show comes along like as if they had like you know pulled pulled it directly out of my own mind and everything but of course the work you know, that I compiled in here. It's a compendium of esoteric, you know, symbolism and universal science. So it, it obviously those it's secrets have like been out there. What you were doing for the past few years in terms of posts and kind of symbology. And then it happened yeah. like you're sync up and resonate with the zeitgeist enough where you were like, shit, now it's time to pull the trigger. Like on a whole other level, dude. So yeah, like there was, here's this, here is one of the significant key um, scenes at the beginning of the show um, towards the beginning, the first couple episodes is so like the whole plot is Wanda creates her own. She essentially manifests. So that's what her her main power is with the uh, the chaos magic. And in the comic, in the Marvel comics, it's also is referred to as hex magic, of course, because we know witches. You know, they're witchcraft. They're 
powers is called hexing spells, casting spells, casting casting hexes. So of course and that's what the whole theme resonance there so a little. Of course that's what the whole theme of the show briefly, and hers in German you literally call a witch is a hexer. Hexer. A hexer? Hexer? Yeah. yeah. So H-E-X-E-E. Yes. But hex in the very beginning, so yeah, which is hexa, so it definitely connected whatever yes. it means exactly, yeah. Exactly, exactly, and um, but yeah, so I mean, in in the book, I cover all the deep, like the details, why it's you know why it is a hex, what is the hex, what's the significance of the hex, what is, which is one of the how the show starts off, one of the main themes. So first they know, first they sort of slowly, the first three episodes, it's they do like. The whole show is like they're going back and it starts from going back in time from like old sitcom style. It's like a sitcom style. They're sort of making fun of like I Love Lucy, you know, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, these old, you know, these sitcom hit shows. And um, it's so it's sort of it's a manifestation that she creates her own reality. And in this reality that she creates, because that's one of her main, that's why she's one of the most powerful beings in the universe is because she can create absolutely anything out of nothing, just out of the the substance, the fabric of the universe itself. That's why she's so powerful. She can destroy anything. She can create and she can even create life just out of her pure life energy, her pure essence, essentially her, you know, and so she's a nexus being that in itself is symbolic of this whole like thing, the tapestry, a nexus is a, it's a, it's a conju it's a junction. It's points. A yeah. yeah. It's a convergence point in literally the fabric of what we, the fabric of space and time. It's a nexus point or in other words, in the Marvel universe between multi, between a multiverse, between multiple realities, multiple dimensions, which is the whole theme of where the, you know, the, Marvel universe is, is going is into multi-dimensionality themes. That's what this phase four is supposedly supposed to be all about. The next Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be a really big one. Looks looks pretty good, surprisingly, because everything they put out for the past couple of years is crap. And the past yeah. Spider Man, uh the last Spider Man that just came out, No Way Home, I guess. Um Yeah, it was great. Alert, getting I I didn't love it, but I like where it's going. I mean, I'm not a big Spider Man fan particularly. So I didn't yeah. really give a shit like in that level. I'm more Iron Man, Doctor Strange. But um, really, actually, just Infinity War. It's <laughs> like all of the shit led up to that cool shit. Um, but in any event, it, it's cool. Do you see it as life imitating art, imitating life? Do you think this is how we, um, you know, do we have to write the stories and read ourselves into them, kind of uh, Arthur C. Clarke style, um, where it's like, holy shit, we are the, like, you know, the Star Child. How how do you look never at this? Ending. Never-ending story style. I just read that book, uh, ironically, with my fiance, and um, it's really good. I was surprised. I, 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 oh, yeah. The movie did a good job of trying to stay true to it, considering it's like, you know, an hour. Yeah, that, I forget his name, but the author, he was a, a long-practicing theosophist. So it's, it's full of... Yeah, it's full of actual, really meaningful, you know, messages sure. and symbolic, symbolic sure. archetypes of... Um, you know, the Atreyu, a it goes through the, the, that's a huge part of some of my works is the, the 101, uh, the gateway of initiation. That's what, you know, Atreyu goes through the, the two sphinxes, you know, that's the gateway of initiation in Freemasonry. It's the 101. You, the 101, of course, is literally, it's the number of initiation. We take a 101 right. course when yeah. we are entering Starting into that project of a, field academia. of study. 
it's, yeah, exactly. it's always been so it's the gateway it's the twin pillars with the gateway in in the center and so he, he goes through and you know you have of course you get blown blown to bits like if you don't pass the initiation in other words by the quality of your heart you know it's essentially like you know the gates of of mayat in ancient egypt you know where you have your heart weighed on weighed upon the scales of judgment the scales are you know the twin pillars and your heart is the gateway at the center so it's all these themes but yeah he was well well good practicing theosophist with great messages and great stories as a result because you know you pay homage to the the timeless you know uh, the timeless formula and you can't and you will create a classic which is not what our modern you know these sjw you know progressive liberal um, writers are now doing now it's nothing about nothing but identity politics nothing but gender and you know and sexuality in other words are you gay and are you black and female that's all they freaking care about literally it, i wish it wasn't that blunt and that you know basic but it really is like it, they've they've taken away that they're, they're but do you feel there's a time for that to be under the sun okay so this gets tricky we can get the culture and politics and wars and yeah, stuff I, um, I don't necessarily want to get go down that path but okay we don't have to um so let's keep talking about because it's it's it, it seems like you know just like the zodiac everything has a moment under the sun and i guess some of these uh, groups have felt disenfranchised or whatever for long enough and they're like hey we want our voice heard or our story told um but the way that's happening sometimes is is more like you're saying social justice warrior kind of and Jim, Hollywood. I think you yourself know that that's not really the reason and I, we don't have to talk about it much but this is completely pushed and controlled confusion of humanity and nothing else you know and it even infects <laughs> it even infects the video game industry and you know not that this is too important but it's kind of interesting to anyone who ever played any games and maybe similar to our age may know of Blizzard, for example, and I haven't yeah. really been following them or playing their games or whatever, but it seems they're like top tier of, you know, molesting their own employees whilst at the same time doing completely yep. BS, SJW, you know, yep. destroying Virtue, virtue signaling, yeah. virtue <laughs> signaling like about, you know, believe all women. And I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, all these channels I was mentioning earlier, Nerd Roddick, you know, Geeks and Gamers, all that, they cover all those stories as they break, you know, as it's breaking. Like, I don't pay too much attention to like the video game stuff, ex unless like it's like, you know, just really interesting, like hypocrisy that comes out, which it always is like, oh my, the, the level of hypocrisy is insane. You know, it's just like government, you know, it's it's exactly what their virtue signaling about is the very thing that they themselves, the executives and the employees are the most guilty of. You know, it's like the Facebook employees. You know, it's like Facebook. classic projection. It's pretty boring, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they're just textbook, like blatant projection, like of the highest level. But yeah, that's aside from the point. All of mirrors are all up in here. It's funny. We, we don't have to go off on too much. Um, I know that like things like Ghostbusters, I think. Uh, maybe it was Ghostbusters 2. But um, that was getting into like opening portals, kind of like the one initiation, but different. Um, exactly. Exactly. And this gets it, into the transhuman agenda and kind of a Luciferian agenda, so to, so, so to speak. So we could go down that rabbit hole in a bit, but I keep wanting, I want to hear more about... Um, so. You got inspired by, I mean, it was almost not, it was a culmination of your work being triggered to be released by the zeitgeist, essentially. Um, yeah. What are some other themes that that show was tapping on? Or do you want to start reading maybe some of the chapter titles of the book or, you know, whatever uh, is in there and we can kind of go through it? Well, we don't have to go through it all. I know it's large, but it's like yeah. if there's some like real things that you think are pertinent to either our show now or the zeitgeist, feel free. 
Yeah, um, it's uh, is it twelve chapters or thirteen? Either way, it's a kind of the, I didn't intend for that, but it happened to turn out to be. I think it's twelve chapters. I forget. It's um, the supreme intelligence, the tessellated matrix, universal hexing, squaring the circavel, or in other words, again the circle, Sudoku, squaring the sun and cubing the sphere. That's sort of just a play upon on a play on words, essentially like squaring the circle, but squaring the circle is obviously two dimensions. Uh, I, it's like cubing the sphere is three-dimensional. So it's it's taking the theme from two dimensions to three dimensions because space is, obviously, space and time is three-dimensional or more, you know, however you want to do it. Then it goes specifically into the cube of space. In other words, the um, uh, Paul Foster Case wrote a lot about that, the Hebraic cube of space. Um, it's it's well... It's well making it, I think. I vaguely recall yeah. Paul. Yeah, he was like these yeah, cards how, are here. Are these the, here? the twenty-two, the twenty-two major arcana correspond with it. There's twenty-two paths of the Kabbalah correspond with. There's twenty-two, I think, axes of a cube. I forget if you. I mean, when you have axes on the inside of the cu- of the cube, um, I forget exactly how it works off the top of my head, but. And it gets into more of like the conspiratorial tying in there, uh, the hive mind evasion. That's a chapter that ties in exactly how all of these very popular, um, very, um, very well-loved, well-known like sci-fi, whether it's, you know, novels, uh, you know, movies, uh, TV shows, whatever, all of these, they all have the same exact theme. They all heavy cube symbolism, heavy, um, the same themes of, uh, you know, transhumanism, but, you know, um, teleportation between, you know, d- dimensions essentially through time and space, all the the hex is the hexagram the the cube of space is literally the key to all of those stories and it's heavily woven throughout all of those stories you know the transformers you have the all spark cube um so i go through all the examples of those i just compile one after another after another after and sync it all together so it's a perfect you know tapestry that's that's weaved together the criticism the criticisms of this book is that i'm just compiling stuff that's already out there and it's nothing original i'm like it's it's like it's like it's like that's like criticism well, Colin, that's one Amazon review because I just checked them. Other people seem to like it, so you know. Don't <laughs> so maybe you may want to try the spell check. I'm not sure if that's a real a- actual thing, but you know, that's something that <laughs> I, I actually, I I went back and like revised it like three different times because I, I there were some errors, so I went back and revised it and you know fixed all the spelling and all that. But um, but you didn't have your yeah, ed- you editor or anything, right? So. If it's all up no, I I didn't rely on any other editor. In fact, I mean, because part of it is y'all know, like the way I do the wordplay and all that stuff. Like a lot of it, most of it is intentional, you know, sort of uh, the way I spell things and uh, the grammar and stuff, and like capitalizing things for emphasis of the things, the sinks that I want to stick in your mind, you know, because I capitalize it so that and highlight the things that I want you to. To, those are the the threads that you know the nexus points that you got to weave together as you're reading and then it, it you know it pops back up in your mind you're like oh i remember that from from you know the beginning oh my god it ties all the way back in because like never doubt crazy. your mercury you've got a 12th house uh mercury conjunct <laughs> venus uh you are able to like have like in oh, in I gemini mean, and stuff like that yeah in gemini that's what i forgot to say i, I yeah you've got yeah correct um so 12th house in gemini mercury like you're channeling with conjunct venus you're channeling the puns the riddles of the fucking 
matrix i don't even understand so where where does this book lead you in some ways like ontologically do you think we're just like in a snow globe being like you know held prisoner or how do you feel about it Su surprisingly i'm like one of the least people to you know like fully subscribe to all of the to the artificial ai simulated matrix you know the although like this book is literally like more evidence for that than you'll ever find like anywhere else i mean it's like the conclusive you know, like essentially proof if you could consider it. And of course, there's in reality, there's no such thing as actual proof. It's just you have points of evidence. And I mean, this is like all the evidence you would could ever even imagine for that. But I even it's with all of that knockout atheism, it's like, look, this is pretty well designed yes. game. We're in whatever yes. that is. Yes, it absolutely. As with most of my stuff, as you guys know, like most of it just happens to be like atheism is not even a it's not even a a it's not even a valid, you know, perspective to hold. I mean, unless you're just totally ignorant of literally just about everything in the universe as, as far as like universal physics, you know, cosmology, uh, everything else on top of that, that we know of is such as, you know, any type of, you know, theology or um, any type of philosophy in general. I mean, it just totally rules out atheism, but this is the empirical hard, like hard physics, nothing but hard science, hard physics, like the in-depth, it's nothing but geometric mathematics, it's pure mathematics, it's pure sacred geometry, you know, which nobody can argue with. It's it, the examples, it's here, it's conclusive, it's proven. The, the, the sort of ambiguity about it is what does it all mean, you know, essentially, like what is, so what is this? It's proof that there is a geometric, it's a matrix that we're a part of. But the question is, and I, I sort of I summarize that in the synopsis is whether it is um, whether it's artificial or whether it's, you know, just uh, organic. So it, we know that it's highly intelligent design. It is literally it's it's an algorithm. I mean, it's it's pure mathematics. It's pure uh, phi ratio, sacred geometry It's pure physics and math. I mean, that's what it is. So who. You know, the question is who designed it? Chicken and or that, egg kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I was looking That's at your actually, chart real that, briefly. This, it's one of the big points on the chapters also is about the cosmic egg and the, uh, yeah, the cosmic ego. The oral nature of it. I mean, that's yeah. one of the points of um, Never Ending Story. It's all about these serpents, then they're kind of doing their thing. Um, yep. Raphael, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts on... Uh, anything he said so far are, I mean, maybe nothing you're going to be like, what specifically? And I'm like, nothing necessarily. We're kind of getting to the end of the question at the very beginning where it's like, what is all this? Um, but looking at your chart, you have your Mars uh, and North node, which is like your Dharma. If you want to put it that way, like the karmic destiny for you in this lifetime is in Pisces, which is Pisces season now. So it's not surprising. We're kind of talking to you now, but it's in 10th house. It's in, um, you know, about structure and order and reason because you it's, you're one of the, people that I, I mean, one of the reasons I'm attracted to your thinking is you dip into some of the most esoteric, crazy woo stuff, but you're not lightheaded about it. Like you're actually very grounded and reasonable. And I mean, we've had you on the show before and we've talked about things where you, it's not like you outright scoffed at these things, uh, more QAnon kind of stuff, but it's like I, you, you're very more reasonable than not. So it seems like this compendium of yours would be um, something that you don't have to just be into new age kind of thinking. It's maybe a good entry point for mathematician philosopher types who are maybe wanting to grok a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Um, 
but yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out for sure. Raphael, um, if you wanted to say anything, you totally can. I saw you're on screen now. Yeah, well, so for some strange reason, I actually read Michael Ende's How Is It in German? The Eternal Story, Unendliche Geschichte. I read it in primary school during breaks. Don't ask me why. Um, I'm not even claiming I understood much of it. I just remember it's pretty cool imagery and, you know, crazy, a crazy story. Aside from that, what I find interesting, or it's also my conclusion, and, you know, who can be certain of anything, but I would very much agree that whilst there is so much evidence that shows there is a perfect patterning and so on, there is a mechanism, doesn't mean, you know, it's any more artificial than any other creation you know, what is natural, what is artificial. And what I actually believe is that the controller faction wants you to believe that they invented this. And this yes. would actually go in line with the whole, I just recently, I'm not sure if, if you're familiar with Cliff High, Cullen's, Cullen? No, I don't think I, okay. I don't He's think He's like I this am. old dude, you know, made some predictions with his web bots, pretty interesting and, you know, wide range of uh, information that he's disseminating. And not that this is really my pet peeve topic, but he recently gave some interesting folk tales about, you know, with the current crisis about what was called Kazaria and the supposed, you know, mafia and people feigning to be Jews and so on. The main point just being the whole idea of name stealing. And then I was like, oh, this is so interesting. He, I'm briefly recounting this. He said there were folk tales. I didn't verify this, both in Europe and in China. And they basically said, if you go too far west or too far east, you'll find these people, they'll feed you, but then they'll drug you. They'll uh, take your story and then they'll go to your country and make deals in your name. And I'm like, hmm, name stealing is a good name, but this kind of sounds like false flag. And the idea of false flag and subsuming um, positions and brands and so on is a pretty consistent theme, I would say, in the history that we can glean. So I would very much assume that also here the controller faction wants you to believe it's their order, but it's just what the structure is, you know? nothing to do with them inventing it at all that's my impression yeah i i actually very much agree with that that's sort of the um, fundamental stance that i hold as well is i think there is i think it's i think it's inorganic um i come from the stance that uh, i guess this is more of a belief um because obviously we can't none of us can as much evidence as there is we can't prove anywhere another whether it is artificial design or whether it's, you know, just an organic pattern that arises out of, you know, just at least this universe. Maybe there are other, you know, multidimensional universes that run on a different set of, you know, ratios or mathematics to where it's not the golden ratio. Maybe it's this, you know, the, the Keylontic Christic spiral that's, you know, and not... That's and not a good the, thing. We the, recently had it on the show. What do you think about that? Where then people again go like, oh, it's all, you know, again, it's all satanic. You know, it's all yeah. evil. I, it has to be different. I, I also don't agree with I this. Don't, but, you know. <laughs> I personally don't ascribe to any of that lady's stuff. Like, I think it's all nonsense. I think there's there's a good... I mean, it's a good argument for like the the Christic crystal itself, as far as like the tree of life. You know that it's perfectly symmetrical. It's not, you know, it's not a one point six one eight. It's not a fire ratio. Because there are good arguments that yeah. And I've thought about this on, you know, sort of my own, um, come to that question on through my own lines of reasoning. But um, I think I think it's I think it's pretty arrogant to think that you're your own system is and that the system that 
of nature itself of all of nature and reality is a metatronic satanic you know poison apple of death as they call the tor the taurus field you know essentially the physics of this universe itself is you know it's it's all the demiurge you know the design of the demiurge imitating you know to, to siphon no, our I life have, energy. Uh, sorry sorry to break in but i have a perfect follow-up question for you because you know there is all <laughs> kinds of people talking about esotericism also in let's say german speaking and you know everywhere everyone has their own view and some are more popular some less and something i had recently and was kind of wondering about and i'd love your take you know symbolically or whatever was the whole and it's you know, probably not as black and white, but the whole question of in official story, the Templars got burned at the stake Friday 13, you know, some time ago, because it was claimed they were worshipping Baphomet, right? And then the interesting idea here is that, um, of course, we understand many, you know, nature gods, Serenanos and so on, they are horned, they are horned even today in Japan, the wives, they put on horns and so on. There's something there. Moses, in my school, which is, I would say, an old Tatarian building, at the entrance, you go up the stairs, you open a huge door, and then no one even saw it because we had the buffet there, you know, but behind it, you had a Moses statue, also horned, you know, in a supposed school, you know whatever point i want to get at is in terms of energetics the idea was then that okay you have one part of the population that's afraid or despising baphomet because they are let's say christians you know so they are against satan let's say against this symbol and then you have self-styled satanists or whatever blood drinkers or whatever who may think they are revering that energy but are actually inverting the life force energy they are doing stupid stuff like you know cutting off you know, genitals and whatever, all this craziness, right? Um, but then the result energetically would be you have a large population, um, let's say, trying to fight it, and then a small population worshipping it in the very inverted way. And then the question would be, what does the Baphomet symbol actually stand for? Is it something negative or is it simply a fertility symbol also related to something called the Box Saga I hadn't heard of before? some kind of, I don't know, like the book of Oralinde or something. And Bock in German means something along the lines of Capricorn. So again, horned. And this would should then relate back to some kind of founder race saga or whatever. Anyhow, about what anything I said, anything you, you'd like to mention? Oh, yeah, interesting. Um... Well, um, yeah, the, the box saga again, horned uh, Capricorn itself. Capricorn's ruler is obviously Saturn, and Saturn, you know, Saturn. Essentially, we have the Saturn, the cult of Saturn, the um, the the black nobility, the um, you know, essentially the Abrahamic religions are essentially at their core, not just astrotheology at large, but you know, heavy sects of them are specifically you know Saturnian. Uh, cult. There was, you know, offshoots cult of Venus. You know, offshoots of, um, you know, hermetic cults. But obviously, they're all the part of the bigger zodiacal picture. So of course, um, Eliphas Levi was literally. I think he, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure he's the, orig the originator of the archetype of the Baphomet. I mean, at least he did the artwork, you know, of the Baphomet that we know to this day. So I don't even think it was around before him and i when was he what was he the 1600s i think um maybe yeah i think I, he was the middle ages kind of jewish I, um, yeah, sick. I think i think he was middle ages if i'm not mistaken but 
And so, so again, the like Eliphas, the Baphomet... Eliphas Levi officially official timeline was born in eighteen ten. Okay, it was eighteen hundred. Oh, okay, that's pretty well, recent. Yeah. A little bit later, but whatever. I'm. I, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but it almost reminds me of the Baphomet symbol of the kind of riddle of the Sphinx, where it's like here's what human and yeah. animal and masculine and yeah. feminine, and if you get it all kind of mashed up together. It's an it's an oh, amalgamation. Yeah, it, it that I mean he's he wrote about what the Baphomet is and you know what it symbolizes and he's not the only one that wrote it but I'm pretty sure I think he's the the one who originated the the Baphomet. I don't think it was around before him. Um maybe I'm mistaken but I'm pretty sure I don't think Baphomet was around before I think he's the one that created it but and obviously what he describes is obviously the symbolism of what it is is you know the, the goat is the capricorn capricorn it means means goat horn uh, capri means goat uh, corn means horn I've covered the etymology and symbolism of this deeply in numerous full ebooks and presentations that I've got going on it's so much like it's a thread and a sink that just goes off into so many interesting really interesting etymologies and all that stuff the, the corn is the horn the the corn from uh proto-indo-european k-e-r care uh, which is the the root of keratin keratin is a hard substance that makes our fingernails the what creates the what the horn is made of is keratin is is the root of a kernel a corn kern of l the kern is like is like a, is like a cairn is a, a burial mound in uh, the in England, uh, the United Kingdom, if not Europe as well. Uh, the burial mounds. The, so it's the 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 corn is the is the hard kernel. It's a a a corn on your foot or on your hand. It's a hardened area of skin. It's so a corn care. K-E-R means hard. Horn means hard. Horn is the uppermost part of the head. It's on the crown of the head. The crown is is the top uppermost part of the head. It's also the hardest part of our skull. It is the crown of the head where the horns grow out of, where the, the cornu, uh, C-O-R-N-U, cornu, uh, the root of cornucopia. Again, the cornucopia is the horn of plenty of heavy um, symbolic symbolism of Greek mythology uh, integrated into Freemasonry um, for abundance uh, uh, and and fortune, good fortune, uh, the fertility, the bounty of the harvest. The harvest season is in Scorpio to Capricorn. The harvest of the, of the season, the harvester of the grain is the god Saturn. L Cronus is the god of fertility and agriculture, the fertility of nature. And the agriculture is about the harvest, the bountiful, plenty, the abundance of nature at the end of the season, at the death of the season. So, the, the, of course, the Capricorn is the death of the season. It is the inversion where the cross is hung upside down when the sun dies at the winter solstice all of these things all tie into i mean so that is the baphomet so the the goat head with the the hermetic you know principle of the rebus in other words half female half male her her hermaphrodite in other words hermes and aphrodite masculine and feminine united as in the hieros gamos or the sacred marriage the holy union the holy matrimony um creating essentially the divine child out of that divine union creates the holy trinity so you have the polarities of the physics of the universe creates the divine solar child and mythology creates you know the cycle of nature that divine child is the resurrection the savior of humanity because of course the cycle 
you know, the summer, the summer comes in and saves, you know, that saves our, you know, the population from the death of, of winter, the grips of, you know, the night King, the, the long, but I'm sort of going off on, but that, I mean, the, it's oh, I all love symbolism. It. There. It's all, myth. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, of course it, the, as above, as above, food. so below, of course, as well. And, Right. I'm kind of curious. We don't have to go long into this. I'm kind of curious, given that we were talking earlier about this transhumanist, you know, Luciferian agenda, how you see this Baphomet symbol, which is potentially linked up with, you know, people who think it's the devil or whatever. Um, wouldn't that be like an, it's almost like the a question is, was it, was it name stealed as well? Name stolen as well? Is, is the symbol has, has this been false flagged as well? This is kind of my question, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, as that goes back to your main point, which was um, how these people essentially they hide behind a shield of, you know, the same thing with virtue signaling, you know, you put up the virtue signal to, hey, you know, I'm virtuous, this is my signal, but behind it, they're, they're horrible people, you know, they're doing the very things that they're signaling that they're against. Hey, racism is bad. I'm actually, uh, I'm not going to say it because that'll get clipped, like someone can put it on the internet. Oh, I'm, I'm, no not but these people are claiming that they're against sexism and racism and all these things and the truth is they're they have a history you dig into their history they have a long history of doing the exact things that so of course i mean that goes back to um but i who were you talking about the kazarians i think specifically but you were bringing up something specific about um essentially oh oh yeah yeah the yeah the uh, the illuminati themselves whether they're you know trying to take credit for you know being the artificial creators of you know this matrix that they 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 it's obvious that they are at least the inheritors of civilization there i mean it's titled the hive mind invasion of civilization because they are and it goes into detail about who the builders of civilization specifically what their model is their hive their hive model the col model of the colony you know, and in sci-fi, it goes into so many themes. If you go down the techn technological, the technocratic route, you know, that, that dark path, the one that, that's soulless and it's autonomous and it lacks free will choice. And it, the whole you know, Prometheus, it, uh, aliens kind of, um, franchise gets into that in a kind of particular yeah. way. Because yeah, it's you know, that, do you think honestly, okay, how would I put it? And this is all speculation. So you don't have to feel like you're nailed to anything. I'm wondering have we become aware of something that we're a part of? This is why I was asking about the Baphomet thing, because it seems like a symbol that would be something of what the transhumanists are trying to get us to all become ourselves in some weird way. Where it's like, you're the super sigil. You are more than gay or straight. You are more, you know, it's like all that. Um, I didn't know if you found that ironic in a sense. It's almost like time traveling or something where it's like, look, they threw the symbols way back there, but that's where we're going now in a sense where it's like this amalgamate person. Like we're beyond in a weird way we're getting beyond you know geopolitical structures and bloodlines and stuff like things that have been very traditional not good or bad necessarily but things that have governed us in terms of uh how we operate in the dream it would seem are starting especially with globalization the internet psychedelic revolution everything the boundaries are dissolving and with that comes the whole hermaphrodite animal human riddle of the sphinx as i called it right so it's like we are animals in a sense. It seems like we're very similar to the material world around us. And yet we're transcendent to that object. Like we're the witnesser in the dream. It's a word trip. Uh, you get what I'm trying to get at. I mean, you know more than most what I'm trying to say, but without, yeah. Yeah. That which is the now can't be spoken. So or whatever. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. All things, all things in the universe and in physics. I mean, that's the whole, 
process of it all is is integration and assimilation and of, of course that's this thing that you know like a to bring it all back again, it all sort of gets siphoned by identity politics and all of that, because of course these, the, the people who are lost, the lost souls are obsessed with identity because they, they have no identity. That's why they're so obsessed with it because they're not comfortable with the sense of self first. They haven't done the self work. And so instead, as a result, they're obsessed with the very most surface shallow aspects of humanity oh what's your skin color oh what what genitals do you have between your legs that's all they're obsessed about it's all that matters to them beautiful differentiations i should say like these things are valuable in and of themselves like the difference between an asian person and an african person that's fascinating a lot of levels but But yeah but then identify with those outer branches of the tree it's like you're more than the leaves you're a tree So then, so then, where's the, all this outrage coming from about you know cultural appropriation? Oh, you're a white woman wearing dreadlocks. I'm, I'm in a university and I'm offended and I'm gonna put you in, I'm gonna put you in jail and I'm gonna fine you two hundred thousand for wearing my culture's, you know, hairs. Like these arguments actually happen on university campuses. It's ridiculous. And so yeah, it's like. Peterson- the forefront of that kind of situation in yeah. 2017 it's 18 ever so back to what you're what we're you know sort of getting at is everything is appropriation like everything is appropriated from some somewhere yeah. else you know for, from composite some older things. culture Whatever. from yeah. some older civilization and it, that's one of the things is in my work like especially about language like a lot of people get so hung up and i don't understand why like they get so hung up on you know oh my language is the oldest actually and can matter of fact just so you didn't don't you know you know macedonian is the oldest is the real old first language oh no if they're they're greek oh no greek is the first oldest language if they're you know if they're indian oh no hindi uh, so so talking about language, what's your impression of the evolution of um, culture and civilization linguistically? Obviously, um, Raphael might have some thoughts on this too. We're told with history, it's like we kind of came from Mesopotamia. Um, do you look at there being great resets before this? Are we coming from an Atlantis culture and there's kind of like, you know, sine wave rises and falls in, in consciousness throughout millions and billions of years? Or how do you look at it? Because we've been told, you know, you come from apes. A few of these people got together. Yeah. I guess in some weird way, I'm not even against, I mean, I'm not for it, like advocating it for it, but it's like, I could see to some degree that, um, I'm not sure what the, uh, term would be called for this, but there's, um, like when someone has an idea on one side of the or, or world, somebody might be inventing the same fucking thing at the same time. And it seems Morphic like there's these morphogenetic, yeah, morphogenetic fields. We, we had Rupert Sheldrick on, I should have remembered what it's called. Um, oh, it wow. seems like that's, that's, that's playing into this, right. Where it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, so there is not like did Celtic come or Turkish or you know whatever Hindi exactly um, in a sense like these things all kind of bubbled up from the cauldron of being all at once. But what's your yeah. and you don't have to give me a nailed down belief. But what's your impression in terms of um, is there something coming from before all this? Um, kind of like what you know Egyptian and Peruvian cultures look similar enough, and it's like that gets into whole yeah. post. Uh, you know, and not not only that, but all these all of the ancient civilizations all share the same root um, architecture, architecture, architectural styles, the same themes, like just despite being in different continents around across the world that supposedly had no, you know, connection to each other. They, but yet the evidence is there that they all had, 
had to have had heavy influence on each other. Otherwise, it was pure morphic resonance that they all spring up, do the exact same things, the exact same way. They all build pyramids in the exact same style. Those pyramids are direct representations of the human physiology exactly the same way. They all are a staircase rising up to heaven with an atrium or a hollow at the very apex of it. In other words, representing the spinal column and the third ventricle of the brain where the the ventri- third ventricle contains the cerebrospine is where the cerebrospinal fluid is produced in the mandorla-shaped, almond-shaped vagina. Essentially, it's literally the vagina of the brain because, of course, again, as above, so below the belt, we have yeah. sexual organs that are the exact same. This is this was literally my original work that, you know, there wasn't anything out there before this and just stumbled upon it that there's literally images of the brain that look exactly like it is the exact same sacred geometry as the, the urogenital triangle of the female. It's literally a vagina in the brain. So it's the symbolism. The brain itself is literally the sexual symbolism of the physics of sex, magic, physics of nature. You have the overarching cerebrum, the neocortex with the, the reptilian basal masculine basal ganglia that penetrates it at the, at the center and at the very the junction of that. And cranium, the Shiva lingam, exactly. Or uh, Jeb, the, the earth god with the phallic, you know, giant pillar that impregnates uh, Nut, the goddess of the sky, overarching. And so again, the sex magic of nature itself, the physics of the mythology encompasses this from all cultures, the world over, all have the same so theme. Does Crowley and people like that just get off on tangents and focus on one thing improperly? Or it seems like this is the song that never ends, you know, the never ending story, and it's just kind of regurgitating like a Rubik's Cube inverting on yeah. itself forevermore. Yeah, the re- um, recapitulate, recapitulating. Yeah. Um, to, to get back to the point in the question of, you know, languages and all that, of, it is cyclical. You know, every that's what we know conclusively is everything in the universe is cyclical and it's fractal, holographic and fractal. People throw around the word holographic universe a lot and they think that they're referring to an artificial, you know, AI created matrix. That's not what holographic means. Holographic comes from Greek holos, which means whole. And a graph mean it means letter or symbol. So a holograph, hologram, gram uh, is grammar, grammar, grimoire. It literally means it's a letter. In other words, a written word, a language. So hologram means that the whole, the, the information of the whole thing is contained in every single piece of the whole. So in other words, the pixel has the whole picture of the whole screen on it. So you have a pixel has the whole picture and then it's fractal. So it expands. Larger so ironically, and larger and larger. It seems that simulation theory is also explained potentially through these mechanisms. If you want to put it that way, it's like it, you're saying they're not uh, people get them conflated, but it's not terribly surprising as to why, because it's like, yeah, it, it's, you know, what's, yeah, what's going on in my yeah. dream or whatever. Yeah, it's like, well, what, what designed, you know, that perfect mathematical fractal, you know, the fractal geometry of the universe? Well, it's got to be an algorithm, you know, it's got to be a phi ratio tends to be, you know, the, the, you know, Fibonacci sequence phi ratio tends to be the underlying root you know, geometry that creates the physics of, you know, the structure of the matrix and all that. But so, you know, what, why, what why, information? It's, it's why really, is it that? Yeah, exactly. It's a gnarly. Why thing. isn't why it something it? else? And, but that's, Any that's what like the, que- go ahead. Ralph, did Are you, you watch what they said? Like, I just saw oh. you pop up. So I was like, what up? 
I'm listening. <clears throat> I have more questions, but go on. Okay. Um, yeah, I never yeah, feel so, like um, you're ramble, and this is why we fucking get you on here, bro. This is gold. And I thought of something while you were talking about this. If you ever get shit from people being like, oh, this is an original, be like, I'm a fucking esoteric curator. I'm creating the Louvre of thought here. Fuck all. Well, what I was what I was gonna say is like that that argument is so weak and literally invalid. But yet everyone, not everyone, but you know, just a few vocal haters, you know, continually use that same argument as if like it's legitimate. But of course it's not because it's like oh, an artist who makes who does original work. Their, their own original, you know, paintings or creation out of this, something, their own inspiration. They, oh, their work isn't original because the colors that they're using are derivative. And this is, I mean, for anyone who's actually, a, and I'm not an academic, I'm not a scholar. I'm sort of an anti-academic, anti-scholar. Like, I don't, I don't even respect those institutions, but I'm not so arrogant and you know crude as like all the flat earthers are to totally like, you know, to totally just discredit like the principles of academia and it, such as writing a bibliography or citing your sources and pri pri actually trying to reference and give credit to the works that you you know that you draw from and that you derive from which is, uh, is that's a big problem out there and it, honestly i didn't know a lot about that because i like you know a lot of my all my own writings and stuff and and i only had like a high school you know level education but in high, i was really good at writing and creative writing and narrative writing and very good at the skilled in english and all that but the reasons why i i wrote my own stuff i made up my own works like i didn't do a lot of like research stuff but i had i came across this you know learning how to do proper you know citing my work citing my sources and doing a bibliography and i now understand the importance of it you know a lot of people actually criticize that like you know saying that oh you know, everything is is plagiarizing from everyone else because it's all from the same universal source. And it's like, yes, but there an artist creates an That's original work point. using the paints. Point. You know, yeah. there's only so many colors that you can use yeah. in your palette, but yeah. it's the you way you put yeah. them. It's the way you put those pieces together. It's your own creative interpretation. That's called in academia and in, in writing. That's called a derivative work. It's a legitimate work. You can take someone else's work that's already pre-existing. As long as you are adding your own, it's in you know in content creation. Exist. The Beach Boys yeah. heard fucking the Beatles and they were like, "We want to do something like that." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's only well, so many sounds. I was just looking you know? at your uh, chart, uh, your Chiron, which is your wound, is in first house with your son, your cancer, but like your you're always gonna have. And you just have to get over this yourself, however long you want to take. You got a whole lifetime, or you could do it like tonight. Um, you can't worry about having to, I mean, you're going to feel like you need to prove yourself, but you're always yeah. going to feel like people don't believe that you're proving yourself properly. I mean, that's your karma. That's what that yeah. That's your wounds. You're always going to be like, that hey, I, so just kind of accept it and be like, look, there's a, for every 100 people that ever see anything, like 20 people are going to not pay attention to get it. Like 10 people are going to be like, fuck you. I wish I did that and say, you know what I mean? It's like, don't that's, get yeah that's a that's a very that's a very um a very insightful um point um because honestly i don't i don't pay enough attention to astrology as i should especially my own um i'm just got cursory you know like the the pieces of it, it but, surprises me. Um, you're like look i can yeah. i can break down the matrix and you're like but astrology it's like bro that's the language well, well, it, it's been, you know, it's been years since I was like really 
heavy, you know, into like, you know, being involved in astrology and that it's, it's been years. So I'm like, not as you kind of go down these rabbit holes and you got to kind of circle back to it in order to refresh, you know, all of that. But, um, but yeah, you're, you're right about that. And it, it is why that is why I, um, I continually get my work gets better. It just gets better because I am my own biggest critic, you know, and I do take criticism to heart and I, and I do have that drive to want to prove not just to, I don't have to prove anything to myself. Like I know that that worth and I know that it's there, but I do feel the need. I have to prove it to everyone else and everyone else is like, you know, you don't have, to, you know, never, never try to prove yourself to anyone else. It's a, you know, endless battle. It's a, you know, fruitless battle, but I feel the exact opposite. Like it's, it's in that, it's in that striving to prove the things to other people. That's where this work emerges from is in trying in trying to show that there is evidence to show the evidence to prove your case because that comes from like my whole family are attorneys like my dad's an attorney my uh, uncle's an attorney my grandpa is an attorney so in other words you have to you're basically an yeah, attorney of it's, certain perspectives <laughs> i sort of i sort of hate you know that sort of I've, I've come to like it a little bit understand the importance of it more now but it's it's what the, the principles is you you prove your case. I mean, you show, you present your facts, you show your case, the, the case, you know, tells the story, you know, the facts are the building blocks that tell the story of that paint the actual picture of what reality is. We have to use those facts, the facts and the evidence is what will lead us to the truth, you know, because the, the, the facts are those apples that are falling from the tree of truth and this is deep symbolic etymology right there the tree and the truth because truth literally comes from the etymology of tree uh, the, the tree literally means the truth the root of the tree is is the the root is is the root of truth um, this goes back to ancient the very root word of, of truth uh, I've got several videos and you know articles and stuff on this is the, the the tree is the solid foundation it stands on a solid foundation you have to have deep roots to have a solid and you have to build your foundation on solid rock you know otherwise the shifting sands of time you know cause that structure to crumble and this is what the builders of civilization understand very well and the tree also has to has to be flexible it's like a golden ratio between you know rigidity and flexibility it has to bend before it breaks otherwise it'll snap so it's got to be like either either a little bit more flexible than rigid or a little bit more rigid than flexible it's one or the other either one works i'm curious same with our Um, mentality when people say squaring the circle and circling the square is that like a representation of like like so, for example, squaring the circle would that be like putting masculinity on top of femininity, and the verse is the other way? And it seems like that's the cycles of the Torah, and they kind of just go through sine waves, and that's just what everything yeah. is in some weird way. Yeah, it, it it essentially at the basic found fundamentals, it, it represents masculine and feminine. It 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 doesn't really it doesn't necessarily represent masculine dominating femininity or anything like that it's just the two principles of nature masculine and feminine you have the circle and the square you have a a curve and a a phallic straight line a phallic pillar those are the two building blocks and walter russell's um work is very in-depth and very um detailed as to how just exactly how and why that works and i of course i included a lot of walter russell's you know drawings and his principle fundamental principles of the physical structure of light and space and time in the book because it is so 
fundamental and he was and he he was absolutely a hundred percent correct on that like he so at the time when he wrote and came up with all of this like it was literally just pulling it out of the ether out of the you know the collective unconscious but he was absolutely correct and you know my, my book has so many more examples as to exactly how we can find it where we find that in nature and not just in nature but the, what I like to tie it into is how it's being shown in pop culture and reiterated through mythology and, um, you know, science fiction and all of these other esoteric, you know, things that are sort of saturated in pop culture, the, at least the good stuff. Um, but yeah, so the the cube, he, he wrote that the, the cube and the sphere are the building blocks of create the single working tools that that the universe uses to create. And it's very it's very simple. So the so obviously we don't see we don't we don't see cubes really very much very often in nature, but we do see cubes. They're in crystalline structure. In other words, a, a salt crystal is a perfect cube. Um, a bismuth crystal, and I, I show visual examples of that in the book of exactly how it's how it's shown. For example, like we'll see symbolic examples of that in. Um, uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, Interstellar film, which was great, one of the one of the really good ones. And so at, at the end of the film, he he goes through the center, the vortex at the center of the black hole, um, and that leads him into a sort of a singularity. Yeah. And there, in the singularity, he enters into a tesseract, and he sees all these little strings, essentially, which sort of symbolically ties into represents string theory. But more some geometrically, symbolically, it's literally they'll show this one scene where he's going up and it's it's a perfect cubic or in other words, a hexagonal, essentially vortex that he's going through. And there's all the strings and the, you know, the tessellated, you know, reflections of all the different realities that he's, you know, seeing simultaneously. And he can like sort of pluck each little string of the timeline and sort of, you know, affect that reality by plucking the strings, like, you know, plucking the strings on a harp, you know, playing, playing music or whatever. But, um, so it's a direct representation of how the bismuth crystal is. It's got like it's it's like a little pyramidal, um, but it, it's got perfect ninety right uh, ninety degree angles to the crystal. But it kind of like spirals around, so it's like a square pyramid essentially. It's like a square spiral. Uh, they're really incredible looking crystals. But um, so we do find cubes in nature not very often, and it's only in crystal structure. So it's literally only in the geometry itself. But um, but again, that we find hexagonal geometry all over in nature. Obviously, not just in you know bees' honeycombs, but in uh, the, the I, I include examples of what um, certain uh, physics professors have actually supposedly figured out what creates that hexagonal geometry in nature. Um, for example, what creates the hexagonal scales on like a crocodile snout, or what creates uh, the hexagonal um, scales on like a, a, a lake, a dry lake bed, you know, where they, the mud cracks and it creates these hexagonal scales or hexagonal basalt, you know, which is pretty well the known to flat earthers and the, and the, the, the giant, and the giant trees that they, you know, the hexagonal basalt is giant mountains that be that, or they're giant trees that became mountains. No, i poking fun because it's uh, there's actually physics there's a rational reasonable explanation behind that and i know that the cellular biological structure seems like a good argument 
but it doesn't really hold water when we like really scrutinize it. But um, so I'm curious what I, what I was saying earlier because you don't have to agree or disagree. But what I was kind of wondering, and you were saying it doesn't mean this, but I see it being possibly able to be superimposed. There's a meme that kind of says this in another dimensional way, um, where it's like you know, hard times make strong people, strong people make great times, great times turn into soft people, soft people create issues, issues create strong people. You know, it's yeah. like the perennial kind of story. <laughs> Um, that's kind of what I was saying with the squaring and the circle thing, because it seems like when you have a Spartan rigid structure, it's like the circle kind of nudges off the sharp edges and you kind of get, you know, it's like, hey, let's not all just like put our kids in the fucking countryside for the wolves to eat. Let's like raise, you know, like let's be a little more feminine. And then when yeah. we're at a period like now with social justice warriors and stuff, it's like we're way too circular potentially or, you know, we've gone too far on the nubbing of this of the edges. Uh, depending yeah. on one's presuppositions. And hold on, there's ants all over my computer. I just realized. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're uh, attracted to the electricity. Yeah, that's, dude, they, that's one of that, yeah, that's one of the things. Uh, when I was in Bali, um the the ants will get into the wi the Wi-Fi routers and they'll yeah, they'll they'll fuck it up. They'll they'll get into your uh they'll get into your computers and they'll they'll eat it all up. They're att attracted to EMF fields. Um so you gotta like you gotta Find ways I to probably keep them should have done this outside. I'm realizing now. Uh, derp. Um, I, it's the best Wi-Fi signal I got. So, um, anyway, if you have any thoughts on what I'm saying, I don't think it's like a truth, but it seems like this kind of uh, ebbing and flowing. It's yeah. almost like an amorphous figure, and it's like it squares out sometimes, yeah. it circles out sometimes. That's what yeah, I kind the, of the, yeah. yeah. So, so the cu the cube is sort of is like the invisible scaffold. You know, when we build architecture, we build sort of cubic, you know, scaffolding. And then we 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 fill it out with the architecture that you know fills that scaffolding in, and then eventually once the structure is built, we take the scaffolding down because it's it's not it doesn't need to be there. It's it's only there for the building of the structure, and then it can be you know disassembled. That's what the cube is. The cube is the rigid. Um, it's essentially it's the invisible space itself, and then the the sphere is um, is is sort of chiseled out of that cube like you have a cube and then you sculpt a sphere out of a out of a cube like you don't you can't Keep have talking. a sphere and then, side because this is starting to become an issue and i'm like oh well they destroyed yeah. my computer keep talking yeah it's okay yeah it's, yeah it's okay um but so you you can't make a uh, you can't make a sphere into a cube but you can make a cube into a sphere so that's sort of how it works is the the cube is the predecessor essentially it's the it's the prime um, the prime structure, and that's why it's considered masculine, because um, masculine is essentially it's the first impulse, and the the feminine circle, the the womb it, is infinite. It's that thing that is it, it's the void. It is the thing that's just empty space that all things occupy. Um, but so um, so the, these are the two principles of physical creation. The the and and you can see it in the honeycomb. Like I show the images in the book. Like you can see that actual structure in the honeycomb itself. You can see the cubic, um, the cubic. Uh, in other words, the cubicles. This is where we get, you know, in. I include that in the book as well as the symbolism of the cubicle. The cubicle is essentially the symbol of the hive mind. It's because it's, it's that we are boxed into the cubic forms of space. Not just be. I mean, because it's a it's a division of space and time. Obviously, to create things in the universe, you have to divide. You have to. That very first impulse is division, and division isn't isn't essentially a bad thing. It's all things cre created have to be, come from come through a division. Um, and Nassim Haramein, um, 
uh, I think he has uh, some pretty prolific works as to how um, the hexagram or the hexagonal geometry is essentially the, the structure of space and time being divided because you can infinitely divide a hexagram like smaller and smaller and smaller infinitely among, by itself. Um, and I'm not too great with math or geometry other than the symbolic aspects of it, so I don't know exactly good. how that works. But yeah, the, the hexagram is exactly how things are in infin infinite fractal division. And it's that division that creates multiplicity. And in multiplicity, you have interactions between, you know, multiple versions of, you know, of the whole. And so that's the whole purpose. Like, otherwise, you you know, that's the essentially, you know, God wanted to create life in order to know itself, in order to know himself, essentially. Let's just say himself for, you know, uh, argument's sake. In order to know himself, you know, it's, it's like you're sitting there as an infinite consciousness. It's, you know, you want something more you want a process of creation you want something to unfold so that you have you know within that process like you know there are multiple many experiences experience you know infinite realities infinite interactions being made lives being lived you know experiences being had and through all those experiences you have a compendium of you know of wisdom that comes out of it life lessons learned you know it, it's how it comes the universe comes to know itself you know the same way like if all the cells in our body are they're always communicating we don't know essentially know what that language is well scientists now have discovered the language of cellular communication it's a slight little resonant frequency it's like a little you know they just use a little frequency to communicate and it's a resonant frequency that's how the cells you know, interact and but they say they communicate through chemistry. They send out chemical signals. Those chemical signals attach to other receptors and it says, hey, this process needs to happen. And so the, the chemistry has a molecular structure. That molecular structure is the sacred geometry of the universe. The geometry is the music, it's the resonant frequency. It's the language of how of the universe. It's how the universe comes to know itself is through the geometry. It's the language of mathematics that is the universal language. So it's how you know, it's how all beings and all life in the universe, you know, comes to know itself. And through knowing ourselves, that information gets fed back to the source. And in other words, so God becomes more conscious of itself through each of our experiences. And the more we learn about ourselves and the universe that we in inhabit, the more God comes to know itself. It is, so that's, again, my person. I think we talked about that before is sort of the opposite of what most people you know, perspective is that, you know, what if, so God's all knowing and knows everything is infinite consciousness. So then, you know, but I, I come to everything sort of points me to in the direction that, you know, it's, it's unconscious and it's becoming conscious. The more we learn and the more conscious we become, the more the superior being that we inhabit or God, the, the super organism that we're a part of um, becomes conscious. The more we become conscious. I hear you. So sort of, uh, I think Carl practical. Jung was talking about it, um, where it's like, you know, there's a sphere essentially of what we are aware of, the conscious mind or whatever. And then anything yeah. outside of that sphere is unconscious. And what you're kind of saying is this a feedback loop that just keeps expanding yeah. potentially. And it's like it just becomes a little more no knowledgeable itself and it includes more. And But the, but yes. the horizon, event horizon, or whatever, the horizon line of that barrier between known and unknown just increases basically expanding bubble exactly yeah our, our sphere we i mean we call it a sphere of awareness essentially it 
you know, is, is, is the more things that we become aware of, the larger, the broader our perspective becomes. In other words, the more, you know, concepts that we have in the, until eventually, you know, the universal mind, it includes all, you know, it includes all perspectives. Um, so, and do you think that's going to be some yeah. kind of apotheosis where we're all just turned on to a new, a, a, a good hive mind in a sense where it's like, oh yeah, I'm an individual, but I'm remembering I'm a part of a dream and we want to go bigger and better. And that's kind of a fourth exactly. wall breaking new story. Exactly. That's, that's the core, you know, the core principle and the core dilemma. The moral question is um, we can't sacrifice our individual. That's the core moral question that needs to be emphasized we can't sacrifice individuality because you know this is the the duality between subjective perception and and a greater objecting objective reality that we exist within you know obviously two plus two equals four always i mean the math is objective it's something that doesn't change i mean even if it does change whether, it's whether a formula. it was an observer or not that would be yeah. a, a yeah. case yeah, that's that's subjective perception, but it only subjective perception only exists within an objective reality. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have subjective perception. It's like to to subjectively perceive an object, there has to be an object there for you to perceive it from different angles to see different. Oh, it's a it's a different shape from this angle. Oh, it's a different shape from the yeah. But there's an object there. That's what the objective truth is. The truth is there's an object. Like, you know, it's, it's not how we see the object, but so we can't sacrifice individuality to assimilate with the Borg, you know, with the hive mind, you know, and this is the theme of the hive mind invasion in the book is all of these themes relate to um, sacrificing individuality to become a, a drone. In other words, the hive mind is, is you're plugged into a larger collective and this is what they're trying to usher us into is a collectivism that sacrifices individuality for the greater good. Obviously, this became most prominent during COVID, and maybe that's why they released the WandaVision with all the hive mind symbolism directly at that time. You know, maybe how do that's you see the when... cause and necessity of submission of individuality? Because it seems, how would I put it? If one takes individualism too far, you get fucked up in a very particular way. Uh, I'm just thinking of like yeah, early. You get selfishness. Like, yeah. Well, right. Or even it's like, Hey, I'm not a hunter, but you are, I'll cook the food. You do that. Like we, we have our skill sets, but we're going to throw in for the greater good of our substance or survival or whatever. It seems like yeah. there's a middle point where it's like you have, everyone is individually tailored, but um, what, you know, it's like a musical note is like cool by itself, I guess. But when you have it in a symphony, it makes a whole lot more impact, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so how have. do you, Spoken okay. about this, but are you familiar with uh, spiral dynamics? Ken Wilber, uh, like transcendental psychology, I think they call it transpersonal psychology. It's basically like a ladder system of consciousness, starting with like mythic survival based consciousness, almost like the chakras, going th up through like, you know, competition, nation states, ideas, until eventually arriving at the green sphere, which is very much even the green party, you know, like sacrificing yourself for the greater good where still the fear remains of excluding anyone and only then on the next level it's called the second tier which would be the first fearless state which is an integration of individuality with an understanding of holistic interconnectedness to everything because there certainly can also be a very positive manifestation of the hive mind and anyone who's experienced synchronicity or telepathy i mean we all are obviously connected to me it's not a question anymore the point is just, you know, how do we approach this? And again, do we allow this to be supplanted by some artificial system or allow it to be steered? Or can we activate our very inherent, I would say, abilities, 
which can truly benefit everyone. And we can act like a hive, but without losing any of the individuality, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, um, I mean, that's, it's ultimately, that's the core principle of basically all of our timeless stories of good and evil. I mean, it's, it's very prominent in, you know, Lucifer, in Tolkien, or exactly, exactly. Yeah. Lucifer who went against, you know, the rule of God, essentially the independent, you know, radical who wanted to, you know, experience things for himself exactly you know mirrored in tolkien's you know mythology or his essentially he who you know essentially derived it's a derivative work from you know basically gnostic christianity essentially his his you know supreme lucifer was melkor and uh, so this is very um perfectly summarized in the silmarillion where the most supreme the original creator god um eru iluvatar um, so that's a very symbolic name itself. Uh, Eru, a resident of of Heru or Horus, and Iluvatar, sort of a combination of the Ilu, which was, uh, I believe, Akkadian or Babylonian uh, word for god or, or gods. The the Ilu, um, and it, it's sort of an amalgamation of Ilu and Avatar from Hindu. So you have, you know, this is sort of a Mesopotamian meshing with uh with hindu uh theology there so eru Ilavatar, eru iluvatar the most supreme high being created the music of the ainur in other words the ainur are the gods and so they had the music of the harmony the music of the spheres um essentially at the the genesis of the creation of the universe and melkor was the most you know divine of the ainur and uh he wanted to he wanted to sing his own song. He wanted to, you know, to go against the the resonance of the harmony of the original music of Eru Iluvatar, and he wanted to create, you know, he wanted to become a creator himself. He wanted to test his own creative skill to be to sing his own song, and uh, but it, the problem is it became a discord. It became chaotic because you have two competing. He was singing tritones. Yeah, I mean, mean, it creates a cacophony as opposed to a symphony. And a cacophony is you have multiple competing or clashing energies. So everything goes back to energetics. And the basic, everything goes back to the basic physics of the universe. That's what we have to essentially abide by is the the universal laws. Are we just anthropomorphizing that whole process? So like the with the Silmarillion example, it would be like cymatics existed and there was a perfect cymatic and then there was discordant frequency alteration and that creates a cycle in the, you know, the golden age to the fucking bronze, you know, Kaliugas or yeah. whatever. Is that what we're that's going essentially, to? That's essentially what the Kelantic, you know, lady, I forget her name, but, you know, she makes up all these words all the time. That's the biggest problem I have with it. She's like, I the Ayaya yell. Yeah, no, I was like. The Ayaya yell and the Yaya. It's like, you make yes, up a third line. No, okay. Nobody understands what the hell you're talking about unless they like, they're like religion, treat it like a religion. And they're like, oh, well, she says this. So uh, it's got to be true. That's a, I'm like, you're just making up words none of that means anything it like, it's like an rpg in a sense where it's like she's just gone de- dungeons and dragons really hardcore with a certain algorithm but the, I just, the, the I point the the point that's a good argument is that you know so, so supposedly the original 
geometric structure of the universe was, you know, the, this Christic spiral that's not phi ratio. And th therefore, and so the problem with phi ratio is that it's always infinitely getting closer and closer and closer to the source, but never unifying with or never originating from never unifying back to the source. It's just constantly on a spiral that's going it's around the, yeah that's going like, around the central fulcrum the yeah but fulcrum isn't is, it like as long as we want individuality that's kind of where you have to remain anyhow you know so what's it, the what's the big deal yeah you want to exactly. annihilate yourself go straight to source you know <laughs> exactly so then so then you don't have the universal experience well then they're, they're like oh well it's just detached from source you're disconnected from source and you're, How is that uh, even not, possible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not disconnected from source. Otherwise, nothing would exist. I mean, you can't create without something to create from. It's it's You have no creation without a connection to a source of creation. So it's, it's like, you know, we're never disconnected from source. You know, it's, and, you know, otherwise we wouldn't have anything beautiful that all these messages and universal, you know, teachings and knowledge and wisdom and, you know, it, it, art and beauty and the beauty of nature and the beauty of life and sexuality and the beauty of the orgasm and all of these things that we can experience in the what is a garden of you know a, a beautiful garden of life and what is the pleasures of you know of the flesh and what it is meant to be um a pleasurable experience of life and learning and evolution here as long as the the basic core principles are followed, you know the, the principles of natural law, and you know having basic human needs met. Um, but so, so yeah, I mean there's there's nothing. But so the uh, the the physics of the universe, it, all, things always come into resonance. So when you this is the the experiment where you have a shit ton of metronomes or a shit ton of clocks in a room, and they're all tuned to different things, and they're all going off on crazy. But as time progresses. They all start to synchronize. They all start to eventually they come into perfect synchrony, and they every single one of them. It, it, there's there's that last one that's really defiant, and it's the only one going against the thing. But eventually, it comes into balance as well. That's how the universe works. Everything does come into resonance, and it, it's it, it is cymatics. Like there is there's a cymatic pattern. There's a form, a geometry that's created, and then there's a change of the frequency and during that change of the frequency everything gets blown into total discord and everything's going crazy and there's a period of chaos and then there's another higher level of order that that things come into they, they resonate into a higher level of order they crystallize into a higher level of order it just just layers layers of an onion you know you can kind of see octaves, it actually in the test scene a, um in and when it's collapsing when he's kind of done his job or whatever it's like it's like very kind of a kaleidoscopic collapse. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because what I was saying earlier with the anthropomorphizing of these kind of principles, it's like, all right, say it like musically speaking or whatever, you can use shapes, or whatever. It's like C is home, home base. We're in the key of C, but there's elements that want to be in D. And to get from C to D, there's going to be a whole lot of confusion getting there. Um, but once you're in D, that's the new home. So that religion's like, we're there in the golden age, whereas the C people are like, we're in the downtrodden times. We got to get back to C. Yeah. And it's just, constant like regurgitation yeah. of of dynamic basically yeah or the different religions themselves you know having their own their own things but essentially each one of them has the same derivative core um message or theme in there especially a symbolic one i mean if you're too literal about your religion you're not going to see the symbolic you know the, the symbolic uh, allegories or the the 
similarities between them all. There's the same symbolic. I, I have a simple, uh, uh, simple for you, simple, maybe follow up question, which simple. I may have asked before, but it's such a recurring theme, I guess, in religion and even on state symbolism. And that is the symbol of it's on the Georgian flag, I believe. Or basically, it's St. George slaying the dragon. I'm sure you're familiar with that image, right? I believe it's also on the Russian flag in the middle, actually, interestingly enough. And uh, this is one of the images where I'm like, I'm not exactly sure yet who is slaying whom, if I should be happy about it, or what is exactly described. Because on the one hand, it would be like, oh, it's the, you know, the new order destroying the old order, or it's, you know, overcoming the reptilian lower aspect of the brain or humanity or whatever. Saturn taking out Uranus, but At it's like, was he really though, supposed you know, to do that? Just like <laughs> yeah. with uh, Apollos and, and Dionysus and so on, if you like try to deny one aspect, you know, you're only going to get into even more trouble. So do I want to kill my reptilian brain? Then I'm going to stop breathing. You know, so what is this in your mind and why is the imagery put on everywhere? What's your view on that? Oh yeah, well, uh, that's the whole theme of you know not of all the esoteric works, but um, I include a, a lot of that in. Um, in fact, that's the chapter um, that I go into sort of like once. I didn't really try to structure the book too. Uh, I just followed the flow of how the sink you know went, but if uh, the flow of the sink it did was able to structureize it into actual chapters like originally it had most of my work has no chapters like it's too hard to segment it into you know chapters and all that but this is sort of gets into the theme of breaking out like of the, the box. body it's like where do you start i mean the head the yeah foot, the yeah it's exactly like, it's, it's all connected so yeah. what do you know what's the separation there's no separation between you know the head to the foot but there sort of is i mean you have joints and stuff there but um so sort of i get into breaking out of the box and then that chapter would be the throne of god um i'm not sure it's not really numbered but uh page uh, 168 is where it starts and that's sort of i don't go too deep into it in this book is it 1.6 um, or one whatever is that part of the fibonacci <laughs> gonna get into it a very in-depth and yep. in some of the future films or videos or whenever i get into that but honestly i haven't had much time to actually no, you're cool continue. i was just saying the page number you're continue saying is with my work with thing, but so. it's essentially it's it's the theme that I, and i haven't showed i haven't revealed this in any of my uh works uh, videos yet but i i need to because it's a whole theme of my future videos is um the throne of god essentially is i mean it's conquering it's I can't get the right page to get on the camera. It's no, it's cool. the theme of those things. Uh, this is the whole the whole, uh, the um the Ta Ark of the Covenant that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's the basic theme of 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 course we don't slay the the, the purpose is not to slay or conquer or, you know to to kill your dragon and the, the purpose is to taint is to tame oh, okay. it yeah. and it's it's your it's your most basic self. It's your fundamental. It's your power. The dragon is the power, you know, when you, the, the, the dragon mother, you know, she's the most powerful, you know, being that there is. Because if you've got dragons on your side, nobody can, nobody can conquer you. You're unbeatable. So, of course, your Scheme dragon of Thrones is, again, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's correct biggest, enough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's what's the whole theme of Game of Thrones is that's why, you know, he, that's why he slays the terrible dragon mother because it's Marduk slaying Tiamat. Literally the same symbolism. That's why he slayed her with a a, a trident. It's a, it's a the knife has a, it's a trident or a, what I call a sident. You know, a sort of a play on words. The sigh is the three is the three pointed. 
a dagger. It's the it's a trident, a sident. The the psi literally in Greek psi, the letter psi, literally means a form of psychic energy. Psi literally means a form of psychic energy. That's why PSY, as in psychology, is no different from PSI, the letter, Greek letter psi. And that's, that's literally, the, I've got so much symbolism on all of this. I mean, that's, it's the, that's what the trident is. That's the whole theme of why Aquaman carries the trident in the same, Im very same image. I don't even have to like, I don't even have to turn the page. It's in the same graphic. That's why he's holding the side end directly in front of his face because it's the Shishumna Ida Pingala with the little, it's got a little diamond at the the base of it, which is the, the sacrum of the spine. And that's why, what does he do when he kept gets the side end of, of, of King Atlan and he becomes the king? He rides, the, he conquers the dragon and he rides the chaos monster, dragon sea monster of the deep abyss, which is Tiamat. And he rides it. Where does he ride it? Directly between the eyes. Directly between her eyes. Exactly like where's the throne on the, the game of on the Game of Thrones promo poster? It's a dragon. Okay, I gotta get it closer so you can see. It's a damn dragon. And that's why they're showing you the, the dragon throne, this the, the iron throne. They made it into the dragon's head. Because you sit between the eyes on the dragon. Exactly where Aquaman sits in the movie with carrying the Sident because the Sident is what? He gets psychic power over all the creatures in the ocean. It's the telepathy. So it's, it's the so much, psychic power. It's not so much about, like you're saying, defeating the dragon. It seems, do you find that to be kind of a, a representation, I guess, obviously, of Kundalini power, all this kind of stuff, but the animalistic part of ourselves and that we have this kind of image of God? higher mind self that can kind of tame I mean, it or whatever not even not even animalistic side but just literally basic biological aspect it's just under a control a balance of the basic biology you know because as we know most people and this is heavily um gone into detail in some of my other works about is the basics of lack of of balancing our own physiology and our own biology is leads to disease and death and all of that stuff, but it le also leads to emotional mind control, mass formation, psychosis, you know, COVID hysteria, you know, pandemic hysteria, people terrified of getting sick from these diseases because they literally don't know the very basics of biology, the very basics of health and lifestyle. I mean, they think wearing or doing some sort of practice is going to make them healthy. You know, it's like all the marketing for, you know, I, I'm a child, I'm a child and I wear the mask to keep my family healthy. A mask is not going to keep you healthy. I it might, crazy you know, ads. they're making like, all oh, these claims. Dead, I'm going to do this now in his memory. I mean, so, I mean, so it, but that's getting off into like other tangents, but it's a basic understanding of biology. I mean, I show this, I'm going to show symbols and I was going to finish that video, try to finish that video today. Um, but I had some other editing to do on my website while I've got my day off and then I uh, got the, the podcast to do, but I was going to try to get that video done uh, literally about, you know, how to tame your dragon and riding your dragon and, um, and all of that. There's very deep symbolism, how it's not just, you know, Kundalini symbolism. I've, I've got literal new discoveries that, you know, the, there's a water dragon and say the third ventricle is, I mean, no, don't want to give it away too yeah, soon. But <laughs> the third ventricle is literally the third ventricle is literally like I have I have graphic animations like you you show the anime. It's literally it's a it's a dragon. 
like the third ventricle connected to the fourth ventricle down the central spinal column. It's a water dragon. You know, it's a water serpent. Again, the water serpent of the abyss, Tiamat, you know, the, the, the female goddess serpent monster of the deep is the, the very basic archetype of all these themes. And, you know, so you, the themes, the mythology did have where, you know, the king slays, the the serpent monster of the abyss but it's actually that's a sexual innuendo he he lays her he he slays her you know with his phallic sword oh, yeah, of he, again of course yeah yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah so he he lays her he beds her you know it's not it's not that, oh the mad patriarchy killed off the the feminine goddess and you know they took over society and civilization it's always been revolved around you know the the goddess it, it it always is the the illuminati has always you know revered i mean wicca witchcraft it's it's always real i mean sure you can make an argument for these are patriarchal religions stuff but i mean not at their not at their core not at their fundamental basis i mean it's all it's all hieroscamos it's all sex magic it's all well it seems some of the distortions happen when people pay attention to one aspect over yeah. others yeah. I mean, it's like kind of that pentagram you're showing. It's like if you really focus on your right hand and make your whole religion about the right hand, it's like you're going to be necessarily exactly. it's, other aspects. One one hand, you know, cuts off the other. You know, it's 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 it, both hands have to work. <laughs> you use both hands. <laughs> so, um, what do you think the answer to all this is? Because in, in a culture war, we can get into this stuff if you want culture wars and veganism and diet and masks or whatever you know it seems like like i said earlier like we have very uh it's like where how far back do you want to go and Raphael might even dispute the historicity of some of these events like world war ii's causes or whatever um but it seems like let's just say at the turn of the 20th century we were being galvanized and possibly reset in a very particular way even eisenhower's like watch out for the military industrial complex like i mean that's a very masculine kind of energy and because that dominated the cold war and all these kind of things happened over you know vietnam all this kind of shit happened for a long time and i'm not even saying i agree with it or don't or whatever i'm just saying it it seems like you know bloodshed war dominance kind of freudian like you know sex is everything these kinds of thoughts took over and and what we see now is an attempt albeit maybe too far in the pendulum swing of a rectification of that um but it seems like we're losing i mean that's that's why I do appreciate listening to Jordan Peterson. He's got a really good um, lecture on uh, line somewhere. I watched it was like whatever many hours, thirteen hours about Pinocchio and all sorts of crazy shit. And I was just like, this is gnarly. Very young and very cool. Um, but it seems like we've got to come to this middle point, and it's not so much that you know, like being an asexual, like multicolored Baphomet thing of the new world order is the answer. But it does seem like <laughs> we're kind of getting out of um, maybe hard patriarchal hard puritanical hard um you know guns keep us safe and we got to kill just you see what i'm saying it's like we might be evolving out of that so how do you see there's no right answer i'm just kind of curious like how do you see the balancing of the dow given our climate i guess yeah um shit man i don't know <laughs> to be quite I honest mean, the answer is like it takes all kinds but it seems like there's certain polls that are trying really hard to vampire like vampirism or whatever um and that, that's almost the agent smithing in the matrix where it's like you could get taken over by hostile energies that don't have your best interest at heart and that's when you yeah. aren't really riding your dragon or taming it and somebody else is giving you a dragon or whatever 
Yeah, um, it, it all comes back to the same fundamental principles, the same core principles, the main fundamental hermetic principles that have always been the most important, you know, for for any for the leaders and creators and builders of civilization. In other words, the ancient mystery schools, in other which I mean was was Freemasonry. The fundamental hermetic principles, the basics is of course the trivium and quadrivium, but the main core tenet is to know thyself first, is to know thyself and you will know the secrets of the universe because the secrets of the universe are inherent in ourself because we are a direct product of the universe itself we are it, essentially this is the exact core meaning of we're made in the image of god and that doesn't mean that that god is a human it doesn't mean god He's looks like a man it yeah. means that the exact it means that all the physics and the symbolism of the physics and structure and geometry and holographic fractal uh, the fractality of the universe is the same structures as i've shown probably you know, damn near more than anyone else out there in all of this, all the work, like in the biology and the oh, anatomy and so many, so many ways about it that is easily observable. And so through those fundamental principles, it just makes it clear and abundantly clear, you know, but people can get lost in the esoterica and, you know, the mythology and all that stuff and not understand the core principle of it. It's very as simple as, as it gets. It all goes back to health, nutrition, fitness, the basic basic fundamentals of how to be a healthy human being and how and that means how to raise you know how to how to reproduce a healthy human being and how to reproduce healthy humans you know how to it's it's eugenics it's the true meaning of eugenics good genetics how and i've got that full like two and a half hour presentation going deep into you know, how to optimize human potential, you know, through diet, lifestyle, exercise, nutrition, but also the nuances, the interesting details about the symbolism and the mythology and the anatomy and, you know, the biology and the physics of the human structure and all that cool stuff that <clears throat> it makes it really interesting to learn about. But that is the basics of knowing thyself. And that's the basic of the basics of, you know, taming your dragon and, um, you know, making uh, making it your your the the dragon represents the creative power the creative force kundalini energy the serpentine energy is the sexual energy it's the sexual life force it's the vitality it's the fire it's the fire breathing the fire breathing is the breath of fire is the creative impulse of life it's it's the driving factor you know i'm gonna guess you you've read uh or heard at least i heard the audiobook of manly p hall's secret teachings of the ages it's like the fire of the poimander thing where it's like it's an inanimate weird thing and it's just like a it is a structure and it's got you know whatever yay and then once that dragon or whatever it is the salamander comes in it's like now it's animated now there's spirit now it's going now there's a reason for it um which kind of ties back a little to the 2001 space odyssey thing because you were saying people are confused i think it's a little like the last scene last 20 minutes or whatever where it's like holy shit we're watching ourselves through various periods of time like i'm i'm the observer i'm in the thing and then it just turns into this kind of psychedelic trip um where words and shapes it, it's 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 color it's frequency i mean that's all it is like you start yeah. seeing the bandwidths of of cymatics through basically visual representation and that if we can get to a place where we can hold on to that but still like 
love our neighbors and not be assholes. It sounds like, cause I want to get, um, I mean, we don't have to talk about it now. If you want to go and edit stuff or start winding down, I know it's late for Raphael. Um, maybe we should have you and maybe Alexander Bazone. He's a cool guy. Come on and talk about, um, or just you, whatever. Talk about like what, it, like what you were saying. Cause I haven't seen that long video you were talking about where it's like, I mean, I'm vegan just because I ate acid and decided, you know, after a long time vegetarian, I was like, Oh, I can't do this anymore. But that's not a, like a, logical reason as to like oh i'm getting the salts in my body that i need for this and I, you know it's not yeah. like what you might be talking yeah. about um if we if you want to talk about it now we can if you want to address it in another episode we'll get you on again uh it's a, probably a good reason to get you back on honestly so um yeah we we could do it in a in another episode that would probably be best word think. um all right well so in kind of wrapping up rafael do you have any questions and if there's anything we haven't touched upon about your book um like where people can get it what's the cost, all this kind of stuff. Um, lay it on us. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can get it from my website. Uh, I basically finished the website when I finished the book sort of to market, uh, or to make it easy to get. It's, uh, my new site is lifting the veil TV. I mean, it's very basic, very simple. Um, so that's sort of my hub now where I've got my, my main YouTube channel is now my backup YouTube channel is now my main channel because I never got my main one back. It's still terminated um, for violating community guidelines. Unfortunately, like thirty different strikes, so I don't think they're ever going to give it back now. But liftingtheveil.tv, um, you can get it directly from there. Um, it's just a hyperlink to Amazon. Uh, if you don't want to support Amazon, you can get it from basically any other online bookseller. Um, although getting it from Amazon is, I mean, it's the cheapest. And honestly, it's a, it's a better quality. Um, their print quality is actually, it looks nicer. The colors are a lot brighter and more vivid. Um, and they have a hardback cover now. So that was cool before. They didn't have a hardback cover, but I got a hardback on there now. So that's what I really like. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, you can get it directly from the website or Amazon itself. I mean, but uh, yeah, there's basic hyperlink. You can follow at liftingtheveil.tv. Um, it's, you can just find it right there on the homepage. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, and I just you can briefly touch on this. How was the whole process of publishing, and was this difficult for you? You were talking a lot about, um, you know, YouTube. I've I've seen on Facebook your posts over the years, but like, God damn it, they're sinking my ship, basically. And uh, so it seems like you overcame that. You've got a book. Was this whole process kind of necessity is the mother of invention? You got to get these ideas out. Was it really difficult? Was it fun? Was it overwhelming? Was it? I mean, how did you look at the whole process on the publishing front? Like all of my projects, it sort of just happened. I didn't even really intend for it. It just, it's just one of the things like I'm sort of like almost like subconsciously autonomously creative, you know, um, it's just what I do. Like it's just sort of on autopilot and I just create Mars these things Pisces. sort of without even, you know, it's just what I do. Like if, if I have free time, I'm never bored. I'm just going to automatically revert to, I'm going to just, come out with pump out sort of some sort of like really interesting creative shit. Cause that's what I do in my free time is I'm just always learning new, new shit. Cause that's what's fun for me. Um, so as I learn new things, I'm like, Oh, it, usually it's, I see something or I'll hear something. And then my own mind sort of remixes things. And it's like, I'll have an offshoot and it's like, Whoa, that's a huge revelation. And that connects to all these other things that I've seen somewhere along the way. And so that's sort of just how it happened. Um, but yeah, it was fun putting it together. I mean, I basically already had the whole thing written, but again, when the WandaVision series show came out, um, that basically just had all the pieces that, you know, pushed me to be like, 
I got to include that in the book. And when I included it in, in the article, it just sort of turned into, you know, this big thing. And then I think I was just like, you know what, this is long enough. Why don't I just like try to format this article into and make it a book and, you know, put it on Amazon. I, I don't even know what, you know, compelled me to do that, but it's just, I think I just had sort of, don't question the news. Was, just ride the lightning. You know, I, I think it was people had been telling me, you know, you got to put out some books. You got to, you know, we got to get some, some actual physical media, you know, we got to get our hands on some of your stuff. So I think maybe there was that in the back of my mind. And I was like, you know, maybe I can just put it out as a book. I don't know why, you know, this, I don't know why this was the first one I ever, you know, published, I guess, just cause it's like, it's long enough and there is enough like really interesting stuff. And some, the hardest part, is like it's almost all entirely visual like it's all images and like whole page images and of course a lot of it's like you know some corporate logos and you know bowie starman and stuff so there's a lot of stuff that could easily be like you know copyrighted shit so that's the hardest part is like you know i don't want to get sued for copyright or anything like that so i i had to fair use work. at some point i had to i was talking about that like djs at some point it's like this is my mix i mean yes i it's it's uh what you were saying earlier just like, ask yeah. them where they got their letters from you know sue them back yeah i i, <laughs> just I, like I you do said initially right yeah i do try to you know it is transformative fair use for the most part um there were a couple of copyrighted images that i i checked up on and uh you know and like he wanted me to license it out. So I was like, uh, I'm not going to do this. So I just found an alternative, you know, found some other ways around it. What you know, the to find image that was going to have to be licensed? Uh, it was a picture of a snowflake of the geometry of the snowflake, which literally had the hexagonal, but it had the cube octahedron uh, geometry. On this. But I just looked up another. I mean, there's other <clears throat> images that are basically sort of uh, uh, creative commons images that I could use instead, but it was a really nice, I mean, high quality, high def picture of a, you know, snowflake crystal, but you know, he obviously was, is that my cat? Yeah. I, hear <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a final bonus question. Uh, any rabbit symbolism? Rabbit symbolism. Um, no, not in, not in this one, not in this book, but I do have some rabbit symbolism in my other uh, presentations, like the one, the one about Easter and the, the hair and the moon and um, the rabbit hole and some stuff like that. But yeah, I don't think there's, I don't recall. You think you're going to no make more symbolism books? in this one? Is this inspired you to like be like? Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah. My, my intention is to, you know, put what all, all of my articles just reformat them into, you know, just put them out. Even if they're not like, you know, that's the thing is I hold myself to like this standard of like, Oh, to, to put it out as a book, it's gotta be like a, you know, a big, like 200 pages and it's gotta gotta (laughs) have all these chapters and it's gotta have the typical book structure. But then, you know, I think back and I'm like, well, no, I mean, Crowley just published like little pamphlets and, you know, and like a couple page things. And, you know, so that I, there's, way other different structures of the way I can, you know, put this stuff out. I mean, there's poetry books where, you know, they, they don't even put any, bro. you know what I mean? They it don't even, always. yeah, there, I mean, there's art books. It's nothing but just pages of like sketches and stuff. So, I mean, is there's, I mean, yeah. And some of these books of put like some, some of these guys books of poetry. I'm like, dude, you just like slap together a bunch of crap. And you know, so, so yeah, but I, 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 I just sort of have that like image of like, no, it needs to be like, but no, so I'm overcoming that and just be like, as all of my presentations are like 
they're just sync pieces. You know, it's some, it, that's the hardest part is knowing where it starts, how to start it off and where it ends. Cause it, there is no beginning point and end point. It's all just, it's all a circular spherical, you know, wormhole thing that all connects to each other. Like so that's the hardest the part. always exists. And then you just get in and get out at various yeah. points. That was actually one of the criticisms in like uh, the some of the reviews on Amazon. Like someone was like, "It's just a it it it's just referencing is saying it doesn't go in depth on these on this thing, and it just references to some other work that he's." And I'm like, "Well, that's how the presentation was." And plus, like, if you go if I go into depth on that, then that throws us off the whole thread of what this book is about. It's like I have to keep it on track, and that whole thing is a whole other separate rabbit hole book and presentation on itself that goes off into like a million other ones in that one so it's like i have to separate them somewhere you got to keep them separated somewhere otherwise it's just like you have like a never-ending story and it it just you lose track of you know the theme of the book because it goes off into a whole other theme and so it's like that's that's why it's like you know yeah i mean so I mean I understand the criticism, but like it's just oh, it's well, in the context of the actual work, like it, it j- it's just invalid because it's like those are the people who don't like Sergeant Peppers or something like that. You know, it's like this is too many choices. <laughs> it's like fuck off. This is great. All right. So anyway, <laughs> I really love having you on. We got to get you back on again for like a health and wellness maybe thing, um, and go deep down okay. that because you're into it, and I would love to glean anything I could off you. Um, whether you want to do that solo or with others, we'll we'll chat about. But we'll make it more than every two years or whatever. We'll get you back on the next three months or less, probably. Yeah, so, uh, I'm I'm supposed to do a podcast with uh, Francesco Sani. Uh, he's one of like the natural law, like Mark Passio um, guys, and he wa- he has a podcast. He wanted me to get on uh, with him and uh, Nathan Riddit, um, I think, to do to specifically do like veganism uh, myths and stuff. You know, so many of them, especially low carb and you know, uh, myths about, uh, you know, carnivore diets and all that stuff. So they wanted me to uh, debunk a lot of that stuff. So I, well, we'll I probably glean that up. those notes. So when you do that, just be, I mean, send me the link or whatever, and I'll check it out. And then I won't ask the same yeah, goddamn sure. question, but I'm fascinated with your idea on health, wellness, what it means to be a pristine star man or woman or yeah. whatever Baphomet thing we are riddle of the Sphinx. Star bath. <laughs> star bath of it. Star bath. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I love you, dude. We, we're hoping the best for you in this publication. I will definitely check it out. Um, any Yeezer. parting thoughts? Or, like last uh, you know, epitaph? <laughs> no, not really. Because if I if I get on that, then it'll be like another thirty minutes or something. So Touche. let's just well, guys, wrap it up there. I think I've got out everything I want. Quintessential uh, team rabbit hole. This is this is what the fuck it is. This is why I even made the whole thing. Pe- people like you inspired me to go. There's a fucking a lot out here, and how do we even navigate these oceans of thought? Um, so hats off to you. And guys, further up and further fucking in. This is how this works. Let's just enjoy the ride and try to illumine each other along the way home. Nice. See you guys later.